Hey everybody, welcome back to The Millionaire in Marriage. This is Taylor Kovar here with Jeremy Gilliam, and we are excited about this episode. We were just talking a few minutes ago off mic about weddings and wedding vows, and Jeremy brought up this unique concept about wedding vows, about whether they are a contract or a covenant. And so Jeremy, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit more about that. So the idea behind this is, are are your vows, is what you've done in getting married, is that a covenant or a contract? So I want to talk about the two ideas first and then kind of go from there. So the idea behind a contract, and Taylor, you very well know what a contract is. A contract in essence says, if you're going to do this, then this can happen. If you pay me this money, you own, you do, this is what you get as a result of what you're going to do. A covenant though is often the opposite. A covenant is often, if I'll do this, then no matter what you do, I'm still going to do it. And so I think when you look at wedding vows, my perspective is they are not contractual. They are a covenant. They are a decision you're making that in spite of whatever happens, that you are choosing to live, love, your spouse, no matter what. Because again, the idea behind a covenant, and we see this like biblically, right? God makes unconditional covenants with his people all the time that in spite of what you do, I am still going to choose to do this. So I think when we look at, when we look at the covenant that we make on our wedding day, I think it's so important to remember that it's just that. So I think people have this idea, Taylor, that when or if my spouse doesn't do this, then I have a I have a right to not do, or I have a right to do X, Y, or Z. And I know we did an episode; and it was challenging to get through. But I'm like, should I leave my marriage? Right? Should mm-hmm. I get a divorce? So I think this is this is the idea: is that we often feel justified in leaving our marriage for whatever reason. I'm not saying that it's because people have a contractual view, but that's the idea of a contract. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. Yeah, if I do this, then if you do this, then I have the right, quote unquote, to leave. Uh-huh. And that reduces marriage down to to a simple agreement. It's like, well, okay, well, if you do this, I'll do this. If you don't do this, I'm going to leave. Yeah, as long as you make me feel pretty or you're satisfying my needs, yeah. then hey, we're going to make this thing work. Okay, so all right, so I wanna, I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? Yeah. When you are writing a contract up, I always write Taylor Covar's pretty. Yes, always. Always. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's okay. always in the contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I sneak it in there. I yes. was thinking that that was the case, <laughs> but when you but when you when you are writing a contract, you are I'm guessing. Yeah. Are you, you usually try to do in the contract what's best for you? Always. Right. That's how contracts work. Always. Yes. You want to make sure that you are coming ahead on this. Yeah. I mean, like now if we've done business together, it's always in the best interest of both of us. Um, the contract is, but no, I mean, contracts, whoever's writing a contract, right? That's why you have an attorney. I'm not an attorney, just a disclaimer, but our attorney, you hire an attorney because they have your best interest from a legal perspective yeah. there. And, and it's on them to make sure that that contract's reviewed, that they're, re- that you, if something goes wrong, you're taken care of. You have minimized your risk. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. So when something goes wrong, right? They're there to make sure when something goes wrong that you're taken care of. And that's, I think, the idea people have when it comes to marriage, to the vows they made, that if something goes wrong, 
I got a way out. I have an exit. There's an exit strategy. My contract says that if you do this, then I can just chunk deuce and get out of this. I'm out of this thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, we hear so much about weddings, right? Girls dream of their wedding one day and people have hope chests and they spend fortunes on weddings. And it's all about the experience of the wedding. Yeah. And usually yeah. vows are pushed way down the list, especially if you're not writing your own. Yeah. And, and I think writing your own vows, as you mentioned, is, is more of a modern approach to it. Traditionally, so I'm going to read the, the traditional vows. Yeah. Like the vows we took it at our wedding, our wedding, me and Megan's. Me and Erica, not. Yes, yeah. not Taylor and Jeremy. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I, Taylor, Take you, Megan, to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. I promise to love you and cherish you as long as we both shall live. <laughs> like that is hardcore, and it's a 15-second part of the ceremony, right? Or a two-minute part of the ceremony yeah. when you're repeating it. But it is so vital to, I mean, it, it is the, con, I'm going to say the contract, right? It, it, yeah. It's that, it's what makes a wedding a wedding. Right. Right. Without that, it's just a get together, you yeah. know, without, without actually repeating vows or talking about vows, you are literally just, um, you're just having a get together. So, so I think, and we'll, we're going to look at these a little closer and why these do matter. Now, if you, if you're listening to us and you go, well, we wrote our own vows, then I want to encourage you then dissect your own vows then what did you actually say to your spouse because again a marriage ceremony is a covenant and most of the time it's done in a church house and mm -hmm. you make the covenant before god yeah and so this is why i think it's not a contract because if you're if you're look oh man if you're looking if you're looking in marriage for what is best for you like that is a surefire way to quickly destroy your marriage because if you think marriage about your selfish desires and that's all it's ever going to be is about what can you get out of this? And when your spouse stops serving your purpose and okay, well, I'll just go get another one who will. And I remember this was, oh man, this had to have been 10, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. Maybe not. I saw this deal. It was a rabbi talking about, about fish love. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Okay, we'll, have to, we'll have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to show it to you. Basically what he says is, is how we, when people get married that it's like they have, they have fish love and they like, well, what do you mean? He like, like, well, you go to somebody that's eating fish, and well, why are you eating fish? Well, I love fish. Well, you don't love the fish. You're just using the fish for what you can get out of it. Mm. He said, so a lot of times when people get married, they say, well, I, I love my wife. I love yeah. whoever it may be. Well, oftentimes, not often, I don't want to say that, potentially could be, you just have fish love. You love this person for what you can get out of it. And if that's how, if we're going into marriage and not really focusing on the vows we're making to our spouse, if we're going into it with that idea: what can I get out of this? That that is very much a, a contractual relationship. I am trying to figure out what's best for me, and if this doesn't work out, it's okay because I have this setup that where this is going to work out in my favor regardless. If you go into marriage with that idea, then it's so much easier to get out of it. Then, so, well, if this doesn't work out, it's it's cool. I have, I have, there's an off ramp and yeah. I don't have to stay here miserable the rest of my life. Instead of putting the work in to make your marriage incredible, we ended up, we end up just severing the relationship and it's really sad. And you know, people talk about the divorce rate outside the church in the church. It's about the same and it ought not be. But I think if people would really go into their relationship with their spouse, knowing that this relationship is, this is not contractual. This is indeed a covenant that I'm making before God. And when you read, when you 
actually stop and process what you're saying to your spouse. It, it takes on completely different meanings when you are saying, I am choosing. This isn't a feeling. There's a lot of feelings on wedding days, right? A lot. A lot of emotions. Now, I, I, it's okay. I, I'm going to say this story and then I'll, then I'll go back. <laughs> I remember on our wedding day, Erica walked down the aisle. Okay. So as the, as the groom, you're supposed to go get your bride. I'm standing on the, on the, the platform at the church and I'm just crying. And like, there's pictures. I'm all red faced. I did that ugly cry. That's so sweet. And I was just standing there and she's standing there waiting for me. And my best man leans, leans over. He goes, you're supposed to go get her. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> I just got caught up in the moment. <laughs> and so there's a lot of emotions on our wedding day. But when you look at when you look at the vows that you make to your spouse, those are choices that you're making. I am choosing regardless of what I feel. Now, Taylor, I know you and Megan have a rockin' relationship. And I actually say Thank that. Thank you. Like, I appreciate I that. I say that genuinely. I know you guys have a rockin' relationship and I know it is very obvious that two of you love each other deeply but i'm i'm guessing there are mornings that you wake up and you're like you know what i don't really feel married right now or i'm really upset still oh yeah but marriage is still it's a choice you are still choosing every single day it's a choice absolutely and i think we go back to a lot whenever people go through through trials right no one ever said marriage is gonna be perfect Uh, and we get those fairy tales when we're little right and they rode off in the sunset and lived happily ever after it doesn't happen that way it does take work and it is a choice every day and so yeah but there's times where you know, we can, whether I look at Megan or she looks at me <laughs> and whether we say it out loud or just think, you know, I, I really love this person, but I really don't like this person for today. Right. I don't, right. I don't like them today. Yeah. Whether that's something going on in my own mind or what I have going on that time or, or, you know, whatever is, is happening. We typically find it's whenever we're putting the kids first for an extended period of time, or yeah. we're not able to get away and have date night, or we haven't been able to get, just be alone together and really reconnect. And, and so one of the things that we, we go back to is why, why did we get married? Yeah. Right. And and so you talk about if you're going to a marriage for selfish reasons, you know, it's it's not a good reason. If yeah. I was being selfish when I was going into my marriage, I would never got married. Right. You know I mean, selfishly, it would have been better for me to I can make outside of marriage, I can make all the decisions I want yeah. by myself. Um and it actually reminded me of an article that our producer, Caitlin Noble, wrote. And so she's here in the room. And so she wrote this on the Money Couple website. It says it's why did I get married? And she did a phenomenal job of writing about, you know, leading up to the wedding itself and the wedding is, you know, all the butterflies and, you know, all you're in the honeymoon phase of a relationship. But really there's going to be times of when you feel alone, when you feel like this person doesn't love me. So why should I still love them? But it is, it's a, so it goes back to it's a commitment. It is yeah. a covenant. You know, I made a commitment. It wasn't a, you know, when we said those vows, it wasn't a, I Taylor will do all this as long as you do it for me. It, <laughs> right. right. I think, I think we forget that a lot whenever we get, past the wedding of it doesn't say for richer or even richer right, right <laughs> like right. it's yeah, for right. richer or poor yeah, right, right. <laughs> sickness and in health yeah. um and it is it's a choice every single day that we have to make and i love you, know, you threw a little compliment away so i appreciate that yeah. so i pick on jeremy and erica a lot <laughs> i catch them every now and then before church over there getting a little smooch um, in in church so hey, it's i holy, love it it's you know, a holy kiss the whole little pda thing i haven't caught it on camera yet but when i do <laughs> it will be on our social media i promise you but you guys you've went through drastic moves right you're from sure. the north yeah east northwest, west, northwest. Sorry, northwest you know you're in a new town you've been pastors you've been in ministry you've had kids you guys you've built a house together like literally built a house yeah. i mean you guys have done a lot how is it that you continue to make those choices day in day out when it when sometimes it feels like man it would just be easier if this was a contract what kind of mind shift do you guys have to say you know this is a covenant we've made before god that yeah. 
that there's no there's no out for us. Yeah. Well, I think I think first what you just said is and has been the foundation of all of this. We we talked about this like during our courting phase in our engagement like there is no out like there there really divorce is not even an option ever for no reason no matter what we're going through and i think we both went into it with that mentality that people really say it right that i'm most couples say well divorce isn't an option like no 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 like like that that was something that was settled before we said i do was that divorce is not an option it's going into it so I'm going to use this illustration, and I think it'll tie in, hopefully at least. So Joseph in the Bible, when he was in Potiphar's house, was daily seduced by Potiphar's wife. And yet he he said the same thing, I can't sin against God, meaning he had a pre-programmed response when the difficult time came. And so I think that's something that we have really built in. And there have been tough times, like being honest, like we've had difficult times in our marriage. I think our marriage is, is the best it's ever been the last four or five years, but we've had really tough. We've gone through some really dark seasons, not as a couple, but just as a family, difficult, difficult tasks, difficult challenges, difficult moves, right? Resigning the church was a big one. But when you go into it with, there is no plan B there, this is not a contract. I made this covenant with Erica before God. And if I'm going to be a man of my word, I'm going to keep that covenant no matter what. There's another story. It's I love I love talking about it. It's such a cool story. Though what happened as a result of it was not great. When Hernan Cortez landed in Mexico to conquer Mexico, everyone knows the story, right? Yeah. He, he said, burn the ships. Burn them. Burn the ships. So there was no doubt in anyone's mind they were never going back to Spain. And so I think in marriage, it's that like that idea, like I'm never, I'm never leaving. Yeah. I mean, both my parents been married five times, divorced five. And that is, that is not an option. So I think when you go into marriage with that understanding that if you get, if you get diagnosed with a terminal illness, like there is no off ramp. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. No, no. It's like when you, when because I remember several years ago, we had saw a, it's like a minister and his wife, and she was extremely sick for years and years and years. And I mean, he literally took care of her, like helped get her clean, helped bathe her. She was sick for a long time and he remained faithful, like to her, to their marriage. And it's like, what an incredible man that is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. There, there's no off ramp. Yeah. I, I tell, I, I say it jokingly, but I told her, I, I don't believe in divorce, divorce, but I do believe in murder. So <laughs> the only way for one of us to get out of this is for Somebody death to happen. Yeah. So you, you said a minute ago, you yeah. said talking about off microphone. You said, yeah, I told Erica if she ever leaves, I'm going with her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't get rid of me that yeah, easy. Yeah. Divorce is not an option. There's, yeah. there's no off ramp. There's this. not. And I think that starts, you know, with us. It started with, you know, I, I go back to my relationship with God. I look at it the same way, yeah. and I, we had, in our Bible study, we have a weekly Bible study here in the office. And in it, I said, you know, for me, I know my relationship with God is a. If you take our businesses away, you take our finances away, you yeah. take every, our health away. You know, if we're like Job, you take everything yeah. from us. And they, God, you, you're in control, right? And, yeah. and I'm not going to stop loving you regardless of what you may allow to happen, right? Or what happens. I mean, I think when we take those vows, it's the exact same thing. You know, it is a, it's a covenant. Whenever we got married, Megan and I dated for seven years before we got married. And so like, we told wow. each other, we, we, we joke, we raised each other. We started dating since we were 14. <laughs> uh, we raised each other. But yet, I mean, literally a year in, we were, we were talking about divorce. 
Yeah. I mean, we were, crazy. we had some stuff happen and yeah. it was just like, man, well, I think, is this the end? You know, a year into actual marriage or is this the end? And we had to really take a long, hard look in the mirror I and mean, at our relationship and what the vows we had taken and say, is this an, is this an off ramp? Right. Yeah. And we realized there's not, there's not an off ramp in this. Yeah. Rather, we, when we went down this road, we decided there's not an off ramp. Yeah. Hey, we said, hey, you know, I'm going to love and cherish you regardless of what, what happens, what comes our way. Yeah. Um, we're in this together. And through that, you know, we, that's whenever it really led us on our journey of working together. We came up with this teamwork concept of, Hey, yeah. we're on the same team and Hey, we're not, we're not going to be ashamed about going to marriage counseling or therapy. Yeah. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to shy away from going to uh, marriage conferences. Um, and so through that, I mean, it, you know, it's taken a long time, but we are able to lean back on, Hey, we, we went through some hard times, you know, yeah. we, we've, we've come a long way, but it wasn't because it was a contract. I've had contracts with people where we've, business hasn't went the right way. Things didn't go great. And we said, Hey, we're terminating this contract. Yeah. There's a, there's almost always a clause sure. to get out of a contract. There's not one. Wait. So in marriage vows, there's, there's no off ramp. There's no clause for termination. There's no clause. No. Yeah, exactly. There's not exactly. But people go, well, but, 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 but what about, but what about again, go listen to the episode we did on divorce, but that's the problem is, well, what about, well, what about, and we, 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 we leave ourselves open before we ever start that if what about happens, yeah. then it's okay to, to dissolve this and to see this go away. And I think what, what is so tragic, I guess, because of my work with couples, Taylor, I have seen, I have seen really difficult clients that I'll see for however many weeks turn things around and have a healthy, happy, thriving relationship. It doesn't happen overnight. I guess I have it's so interesting when you work with a new couple, right? That you don't know at all. They, mm-hmm. You meet them for the first time and, you know, they're going through these woes of, oh, everything's terrible. And here's all of our problems. Here's my perspective on the problem. Here's my perspective on the problem. And I'm sitting there and I have, I think I have at times had more hope for my clients than they do because I've, I've seen people turn around infidelity. I've seen people turn around addiction. I've seen people turn around financial infidelity. I've seen people turn around unbelievable types of debt. I've seen people turn around relationships that have grown cold and they're living as roommates, not, not husband and wife. I've seen her. I've seen two people with unbelievable resolve turn their relationship around. Some of them came in. I, I, I remember, and this happens, this happened several times with multiple couples. Well, I think this is it. Like you are kind of our last, kind of mm. our last option. Yeah. I'm not even sure this is going to work. Like if I had in, in essence that said on multiple occasions, and then we're there 10 weeks. And not only is that not even a part of the conversation, but they are working on issues that they've had since they got married. And they're actually, res- they're getting them out in the open, trying to seek resolution, trying to seek seek forgiveness or whatever the case may be. And so I just have this deep seated belief that marriage can work. If you believe, if you believe there's, there's no exit strategy. And I know I've said this on the podcast, but redundancy is a great teacher. I've had people ask me, can any, can any marriage work? Yes. Any marriage can work if the people are willing to do it. I agree. You mentioned a more lighthearted way of this, but our very first marriage conference, Megan and I went to, we went with my brother and his wife and it's, it's called a weekend to remember it's been on my family life. We're big advocates of it. It's a great conference, but we get there and and you're in this huge ballroom with hundreds of other couples. And my sister-in-law has this uncanny ability to meet 
like she doesn't meet a stranger. So everybody is her. You're immediately attracted to her, like drawn to her. And so she meets this couple that is sitting there um, beside it. Megan and I are all like trying to focus on our marriage, right? Like we ain't worried about nobody else here. And so she meets this other couple and it's their first conference. And they're like, this is it. Like this is our last hope, right? So this is our last wow. hope. And it's a Friday night, Saturday night conference, you know, all yeah. day Saturday and Sunday. And so we meet them, meet a couple of other couples. Saturday night, that guy just left his wife there. So they decided they're in the middle or he did, right? That he didn't, wow. he didn't want to try. It wasn't, it wasn't going to work. And so she was left, like literally left her three hours from home on their last resort marriage conference, right? Super sad. But I think it takes, whenever you're in that, it takes both people wanting to make this happen. Yep. Um, you know, I can try all that I want and I can withhold our, you know, I can hold up my side of the the deal, and I say it's a deal, the covenant. And if you're working on that marriage, it, you can use your vows as more of a GPS to draw you back, right? It, I like it, that. You can use it as a, like in times of trouble, in times where you are going through sickness, right? Or one of you is going through sickness, or if you're not able to be intimate with your partner because of yeah. central, you know, some kind of sickness, yeah. that it does, it can use it can be a GPS back to this is, this is my role. This is a covenant I've made to my wife. Yeah. This is, it's not just until I'm tired of you, not yeah. until I'm just tired of dealing with you. Yeah, right. it, it's literally, a, yeah. it guides me back to what my role as a husband yeah. is. And that is to love you regardless of health, regardless of wealth, regardless yeah. of whatever we have going on. And so that's what I use it for. And so we have like, a, I keep a copy of, it's not our real marriage license, but a, a marriage license there in, in my closet, which is where I have several other things. Yeah. And I look at it often as a reminder of, Hey, like this is this is us, yeah. right? Like we are, and, and so I use social media. We're the Kovars, and we yeah. have been since Facebook started. Yeah. We've been at the Kovars. I guess from day one, we are a team. We're in this together, and we want to make this the best that we can be. Yeah. And I want to love her the best way that I can, and and she works. I think very hard to love me the best way that works for us. Yeah. So, so I, I'm going to steal a quote from the president of our college, Eugene Wilson. He talks about about what are you or, orbiting around, like. What's, what's your center, yeah. right? Like what aligning with your purpose. And so I think if you can, if you can kind of keep that in mind, like what am I orbiting around? Like am I, mm. is my vows, is, is that my purpose? Like, is that like, so like in companies you have like your vision statement, your purpose oh, yeah. statement, whatever. Some of them work, some don't, whatever. But like always coming back to like this, the vows I made, whether they're the, the generic vows and the generic vows are fantastic. I mean, they, they really speak yeah. to the heart of the matter, but coming back to realigning myself with my purpose, maybe, maybe it is better. Maybe it is times a better, better or worse. Right. And not always looking for the greener pastures it's going well maybe it is richer or poor and there have been times with me and erica it is for sure been poor and sometimes it feels like i love you poor and poor, poor and poor, and poor. <laughs> we first went to college we were broker than smoke man yeah we had nothing but like so oh man this is kind of off topic like our i think we've mentioned this podcast i need to stop saying that because it is what it is like our idea when we were when we were both in college because we went to college at the same time our idea of date night was I'd get home from Best Buy at like 10 or 11 and she would have fixed the the dollar box of brownies. And so we would eat dinner Aww. together and then we would share a brownie. Yeah. And that was date night because we were just, we were broke. Right. But it's the idea that I'm loving you and poor, but then the richer side too. And I think we miss that too, right? Because just because you have money doesn't mean you're happy. Oh, no, I can, I can introduce you to hundreds of couples <laughs> yeah. that-, that Yes. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're happy. It does not mean you're happy. So I, I'll still love you no matter how much money we're making, whether it's whether it's two, three hundred thousand dollars a year or whether it's twenty three thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I'm still going to love you because I, I, we see a lot. And, and so we work with a lot of and we have a lot of young married couples that work in our office. And we were talking about this the other day of how I almost wish every young couple could go through some financial struggles after they get married. <laughs> like it, it's 
horrible to say, but I mean, in reality, it draws you together and it sure. makes you work on your marriage. Because what happens is you either get bitter or you get better. And, come on now. And I, as my preacher side, on, come on, tame my youth, come, youth come pastor on side now. now. You get bitter, you get better. <laughs> sure. And you see couples, and I've had these conversations time and time again where I've said, hey, look, the decisions that you guys are making right now is going to carry forward for years in your relationship. Absolutely. So how you guys pull together in this time of job loss, in the time of, hey, we can't That's afford good. rent right now, yep. it is going to cascade for, and in your relationship for years to come. How are you guys working through it yeah. together? Whether that means somebody needs to take on another job or that means somebody needs to um, do something, right? Yeah. But you're doing it together because those are the times that Megan and I, when we look back at like our quote unquote happiest memories as a couple, both of us almost always default to our brokest times. Whenever sure. it, we were getting home from work on Friday and we had 150 bucks left over in our budget for the month and it was like, hey, we can price line a hotel. Yeah. We hope it's <laughs> yeah. not... We hope it's safe, right? Yeah. We horrible stories there, oh, um, but like we price line a hotel, name your price. We would drive to Houston, we would eat a good meal, and then we would drive the six ten loop in Houston yeah. until three a.m. Right, just That's talking funny. and connecting, um, and that was huge for us. And we we fall back to those memories, and even though we've we've come a long way financially since then, yeah. Those are still memories that that we both hold near and yeah. dear to our heart, and and those are things that as a couple we knew. We have, this is our vows, right? Yeah. We know there's going to be times that hope we hope there's times when it's richer. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully it's richer. Well, we yeah. know right now we're in the border bar. Yeah. Um, but whether that's sickness and health, whatever yeah. that is, I think it it does lead us back. And, and my last little point I wanted to bring up, and and Jeremy, I don't know what other notes you have, but I look at those vows from now that I'm a father as what what I want my son-in-law to do. Absolutely. Right, like this is a promise I'm making before God. It's a promise I'm making to my to the, my wife. But now as a father, I'm looking, saying, "Man, this young man's making a promise for my daughter." Yeah, right. Not now. I'm now I'm choking <laughs> up. Um, this is you know how as a father, how yeah. am I looking at how I want my son to treat his Absolutely. wife? I don't want my son-in-law to treat my daughters. Yeah. Um, and the, you know that's a that's a promise. That's a promise yeah. he's making. It's not just to her. You know, it's not just to her. It, it is, and it's not a promise. I made just to my wife. Yeah. I made it to my in-laws. And there's been times in our marriage that I've written my in-laws letters and like, hey, I want to apologize. I know that I, you know, I've made this mistake or I could be better or, you know, whatever, whatever. And I've wrote them other letters saying, hey, thank you for raising such an amazing yeah. daughter and blessing me, right? Yeah. My, my life. Oh, um, uh, all right. I can't talk anymore. I'm choking up over here. Um, but that's, that's something that I think we yeah. is missed a lot in that conversation of you're, there's a lot more people involved in this than it is. It's a covenant. It's not a contract. Yeah. I, I didn't sign a contract saying yeah. I'm on, Hey, Hey Rico, I'm gonna take care of your daughter for the next 27 years or however long, yeah. you know, we're it pans alive, out for me, yeah. right? As long as all this is good, I'm going to give you 10 goats or seven chickens, right? Like, <laughs> no, it's like, this is, this was a covenant I made to her, to God and to you guys yeah. um, about our, our life together. Wow. Hey everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on our little journey today through covenant contract marriage what our vows mean hopefully you've gained and gleaned from this don't forget you can check us out anywhere podcasts are found we'll see you guys next week